Hello and welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number four. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how's it going? Yeah, all very well this end, mate. Very well. Looking forward to um, finally slagging some players off. It's uh, that's what we're good at, so going to be good. How's life at your end? Yeah, not too bad. You've you've been hard at work at the uh, Braintree Beavers, Beavers Pro Day today, haven't you? I have, yeah. Run a run a two seven forty, so um, absolutely knackered now, but uh, all very good. Even what the Basildon Bozos or? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't make it. I've got I've got a bum knee, so um, I just done interviews and um, I was class. Do, do your own do your own pro day, little Sean Tucker play. We'll get into that. <laughs> So uh, episode number four today uh, and time obviously to delve into the uh, 2023 NFL rookie class. But um, first of all, just a a quick roundup of the few remaining newsworthy uh, free agent moves. There's obviously been a few more, but we're just going to have a quick hit on the ones that have made the news. Uh, A day after our pod last week, Nelson Aguilar to the Ravens, one year. I can't believe you. Yeah, can't believe you didn't call that, to be fair. That is a classic Ravens play. Yeah, terrible. Uh, average player, uh, one year and barely any money. It's just the Ravens uh, remit every year, isn't it? Jarvis Landry will be there soon. What do you make of it? I mean, couldn't care less, to be honest. He had that one decent year, I think, for the Raiders. Then Was it the Raiders or did he go to New England? Yeah, but just no, so boring. Yeah, just so boring. No interest at all. I mean, I suppose just thinking how it could impact Dynasty. I'm, I'm obviously a bit of a Rashad Bateman man. I know that you have been in the past as well. If they continue adding bums like this, I suppose it's going on on Rashad Bateman still. But yeah, no interest in Aguilar whatsoever, other than the uh, the meme of of the lad in the fire brigade nudge. <laughs> it's worth it just for that guy to pop up every now and then. Uh, next exactly. guy, I know that um, both of us we spoke about it before. Both of us quite like the guy as well. DJ Chark to the Panthers one year for five million. What are you saying? Yeah, I mean, we've covered it, I think, the last two weeks as a possibility. So, yeah, please, it's come through. And I think we're both quite interested in, in DJ Shark there. So, yeah, quite a nice land as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Frank Reich has spoke this week as well about trying to expand his root tree. I mean, a lot of people say he's just a deep threat, but Reich said he wants to get more out of him. So, um, yeah, it looks positive. Um, I'm surprised he only got a year, to be honest, as well. Yeah, he's, he's he's tended to sign for these years, like Juju as well, where they do one year and one year, like prove it deals, but then it just kind of keeps going. So I don't know what their what their end goal is. Now, next one, um, I think we are both really pleased at this lad. Irv Smith turns up in Cincinnati, signs with the Bengals for one year for one and a half million. So not much money, but nice spot, isn't it? Yeah, I've I've got quite a soft spot for Irv Smith. Um, I was I was a bit I love TJ Hawkinson and I, I thought he'd do well at the Vikings, but I was kind of gutted for Irv as well. But um, I think that's quite a nice spot with the Bengals. Um, that's not to say they won't do anything in the draft, but tight ends take a while sometimes. And Irv Smith's strength is his pass catching, and there's plenty of that going on at the Bengals. I think um, we saw that last year with um, what's his name Hayden Hurst. And the year before with Zoma, they, they the tight ends that the Bengals have a role because they're so pass heavy. So I, I like the I like it. What about you? Yeah, really, really like it. I mean, the money involved it's not huge, is it? But it's a one year prove it deal. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. He's not not really been healthy since he's been in the league. But as you said, for a tight end, he's twenty four, I think. So still really young. Doesn't stop him picking someone up in this deep class. But yeah, I'm really pleased with that. We've both got him in a few leagues, so that's a that's a really nice landing spot. So the next one, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. He's gone uh, back home to Detroit. As I said in the chat yesterday, one of the only people in the world to miss Detroit. So uh, he's gone there for one year for three million. He just can't get away from him, can you? Do you know what? He's quite a handy player to have. I've started him a few times over the last few years, but um, I, I don't know what the what the reason for this is, to be honest with you. I suppose a bit of depth, a bit of a veteran presence with... Amon Ra, St. Brown, and obviously Jameson Williams will be the, the leading lads there. So, yeah, nice little move for him going back home. I don't know where home is, but if Detroit's your home, good luck. <laughs> I think it's just a bit of a vet presence, as you say, for Amon Ra and Jameson Williams. And I don't know, he, he, he seems like a good guy to have around the building. And um, I don't mind it so much for the money. It's a nice little vet presence, isn't it? That's exactly it. I mean, he's probably not really worth picking up too much in Dynasty, but... You know, I'm sure in redraft he might be worth a worth a late pick or see how um how the hell for these wide receivers come out. But yeah, good for him. Nice signing. The next one's quite interesting though. The Lamar Jackson trade request apparently made this request was it the third of March, but came out about two days ago. So it just goes to show what happens when agents aren't in play. 
Yeah, that was the uh, the main takeaway, wasn't it? If he had had an agent, that would have been everywhere around the 3rd of March, wouldn't it? Exactly. I mean, it, I just feel for Lamar, though, because he's so good. He's you know been an MVP in the past. And how is he in a situation where a month he's been on the trade block, essentially, and there's just nothing going on? It's um, it's all just a bit of a shame. I mean, what are your yeah, thoughts? I, where, where are you thinking he's going? I tweeted about it the other day. For me, some of the starters in the league that teams are going to be going with and to not even enter talks with him, I think is in, incredibly like insane. I, I just... He's a he's a former MVP. He's twenty six years old. He's not even at his peak yet, and and teams are not interested in talking to him. And they're rolling with bums like um, Desmond Ridder and you know the Colt. For me, the, the best landing place for Lamar is the Colts, and I've, I still think something might go down with the Colts. That's where I want him to go. Um, yeah, I think he'd be great yeah. with Steichen. Shane Steichen would be really good with him, and I just think he'd do really well at the Colts. He's got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield as well. What about you? Where do you see him going? Yeah, I mean, the, the Colts is the place, really. And I think a lot of these teams sniffing it. We're going to get on to the quarterbacks in, in the rookie class this year. But obviously, a lot of players, are, people are interested in Anthony Richardson. But for me, if, you, if you're paying up an early first for Anthony Richardson, who's a massive question mark, why not throw that exact same capital at Lamar Jackson, who's done it for years, been an MVP? I mean, it's obviously going to take more than just the first. But yeah, I'm just surprised there's not more interest in him. It's, it all comes down to this guaranteed money. I think the clubs just have ganged up and decided they don't want to lash out on these guaranteed contracts, which it's a shame for Lamar, given the people they have had a guaranteed money out to. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to a pod the other day and they suggested that Lamar and the Colts could kind of work this, where um, Lamar says to the Ravens, if, if you put me on the tag, I'm not going to play on it. And then the Colts come in and say, we'll immediately give you 104, that's yours, you take it. Otherwise, you're going to have a quarterback that's you're not going to get anything for next year that won't be playing. And like the guy that was saying it was saying that they could even get Lamar for the 104 on its own, which I think would be incredible value. If you think that they could get Jackson for 104 or someone like Levis or Richardson, which is a, a massive gamble, I'd, I'd be doing that all day long. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. I mean, we've still got a while to go until the draft. I'm sure there'll be lots of conversations, but I just hope for his sake he gets, and for our sake, really, because I love watching him. Just hope he gets a move and he's, he's clearly not out of the league at his age, but um, needs to be sorted out sooner than later, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. So um, today on to the uh, incoming rookies. We're only going to be looking at, obviously, fantasy relevant players. Um, the general consensus on the class on, as a whole is that there are possibly five league starters at quarterback. Uh, a deep um, running back class, a not so deep wide receiver class with a lot of a similar traits and um, a deep tight end class. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to each pick out three from quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end. That There'll be a guy that we want to leave drafts with, a guy we're happy to miss out on and a late sleeper that we uh, that we really like. So um, first up for me, um, quarterback, a quarterback that I'm happy to leave the draft with. Um, <laughs> It's not really. Uh, I'm not really. Um, I'm not really going out the year zone here. But it's uh, Bryce Young. Um, happy, yeah. happy to leave with Bryce Young. Oh yeah, that's a nice <laughs> yeah. pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Carl Yates. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that I've been a fan of him for um, for quite a while, and it seems to be um, the battle between him and Stroud for one and two. But um, let's get his issues out of the way first. Um, he's only five ten. Come into the combine at two hundred and four pounds, and everyone has said he's never going to be playing at two hundred and four pounds. You know, a lot of people are saying he's probably drunk and two gallons of water to get to that. So, um, yeah, he's very slight. The worries about his build and longevity in the league if he's taking some hits from some of those big boys. But um, yeah, as I said, for me, he's um, he's a quarterback one. Um, he's a quarterback one of the class for me. He's a he's a playmaker. Um, he's very alert. He's very dynamic in the pocket. You watch him. Some quarterbacks just have that X factor and they sense trouble and they sense where they need to be. And for me, yeah, he's calmness and composure. Very few seem to have that. You know, he's got that X factor in there. He can make players on the move. Um, he doesn't struggle with battered down throws at the line either for his size. You know, that was one of the comments that I was listening to the other day. He's got a good arm. He's got good athleticism as well. He's not going to have the athleticism that you see in college because some of the guys in college are obviously bums and the NFL is different, but... He can definitely make plays with his feet. For me, despite the size, um, it's just a very dynamic playmaking quarterback. In Like I said, he has that X factor that you so rarely see at the position. So, yeah, I mean, if I've got the 101, um, I know that Bijan's obviously there at 101, but if I need a quarterback and I'm, I'm picking in those first three, I'm hoping to get Bryce Young. 
Yeah, I'm completely with you. I love Bryce Young. In our only Devi draft that we've done together, I picked him up last year. Really happy to bring him in. He's just such an intelligent quarterback. And everything you read about this lad, he just reads defenses really well. And everyone's worried about his size, but that's only a problem if he's going to get hit all the time. And there's a reason that he's been mocked to go to Houston Texans and they've just chucked 75 million quid at, at Tunsil to hopefully look after him a bit. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, a bit of a Carl Yates pick there. But yeah, fully agree with you. Really happy to leave with him. So another little nugget as well. I was listening to um, a Daniel Jeremiah podcast today and he, he let something out that he, I don't think he should have. They've got um, this new testing that they do, that, but the results are not released. And it's about their uh, their speed at progressions. They used it for baseball previously, but it's, it's about how they um, process and their speed at progressions. And Bryce Young was um, top of this class. Doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. So, yeah, completely agreed. Well, on to my um, quarterback that I'm happy to leave with. And I didn't think I'd be in this situation picking this lad, really. But it's Will Levis, um, Bill Jeans, as you call him. But, I mean, the, the reason the reason for it, it's not even that I particularly like Will Levis particularly um, more than others. But when I play Dynasty, there's two trains of thought that I have, really. It's talent and value. So are they a good player? Obviously, pick them up. And are they becoming a value? And I think with, with Levis, uh, I'm not even necessarily that high on him, but... Uh, there's been some recent reports that have increased concerns. There's talks that he's a bit arrogant and interviews aren't going well, but that's I take all that with a pinch of salt at this stage. It's a lot of it's draft talk and people trying to impact values and where people might go. Um, but the more that goes on, it just means he becomes more of a value in rookie drafts. I mean, he's a prototypical quarterback size. He's 6'4", nearly 230 pounds, an absolutely huge arm. Uh, just went off at his pro day, just throwing it all over the place with minimal effort. And... Um, Subject to where he lands, it just could be a really, really good value. And uh, I remember a few years ago, we had our home dynasty league and I picked up a, a, a quite a big quarterback at 110 in our rookie draft. And uh, that was a Mr. Justin Herbert. So that tended, that seemed to work out quite well. So the way I like to play Superflex, if these quarterbacks fall into the late of the first round, pick him up. So yeah, I'm happy to leave with Will Levis, not necessarily because I love him, but becoming a really good value potentially. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I don't like to admit things, and that's that's kind of one thing that I've learned from you is is pick up these guys if they if they drop down because the value is incredible. I, I remember when you got Justin Herbert in that league, and to get him at one ten was uh, was incredible, especially when uh, the Chargers decided to attack Tyrod Taylor, and he, and he got in there very quickly. So um, yeah, that worked out really well. I remember it was, yeah, it was a nice one. Yeah, I'm not saying Will Levis is Justin Herbert, by the way, but you know the the, the point point still stands. Yeah, definitely. So um, the quarterback I'm happy to miss from the draft could be controversial because um, his ceiling is uh, is huge. So it's Anthony Richardson. Had his pro day today. I watched a bit of it. Um, the arm is insane. Um, he's just an incredible specimen. He could become a genuine phenomenon. And um, yeah, he, he's he's got all the tools. Uh, he's big. He's fast. He's got an absolute cannon for an arm. The arm is insane. He can literally make any throw and off-platform as well. For me personally, I just don't know if I could take the risk high in a draft where he could go. Um, if he goes high in the actual NFL draft, he's going to go high in rookie drafts. And I don't know if I could do it. He's played 13 college games in total. So he's still very raw in a lot of his traits. There's accuracy concerns. His completion percentage is a worry. Um, I know he's not surrounded by a lot of talent at Florida, but then neither was Cam Newton at Auburn, and Cam Newton was brilliant. So he's often compared to Cam, but he still needs some seasoning. He probably um, probably redshirts his rookie season, and um, for me at that price, it's not a player I really want to take right now. I'm, I'm happy to miss out on right now. Um, I know you've got some comments, so um, I'll, I'll let you take this one as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think we spoke few few weeks ago if not months ago and we were really excited by Anthony Richardson obviously the the value's just gone through the roof post combine and I think the initial rookie draft that we did pre-combine he was he went I think he went at 108 and I think later in the first we were definitely interested in picking him up but now the price has gone up to the point that you're probably paying a high first and I'm with you I'm just not overly confident in taking that that gamble really I gambled on Trey Lance in quite a lot of leagues for similar reasons I think in terms of prospects different players but similar situations and do I really want to gamble with a high first on a player that could redshirt with a load of question marks probably not so yeah I'm with you I'm happy to let someone else pick him up early if the value drops if he's redshirting try and get him mid-season but yeah it's uh, nothing to do with not liking the player but 
completely with you. And all this stuff at his pro day today, he's sitting on the floor and throwing. It's all lovely, but I mean, I can't remember any quarterbacks doing that in the league, so it doesn't really matter to me, to be honest with you. Well, you throw it further anyway, sat down, don't you? That's exactly what I said, yeah. I pulled out a 70 yard on, on, on the yeah. floor, so... Um, oh, yeah, it's yeah. not impressive, really, is it? No. <laughs> so, yeah, I've not really got um, a quarterback that I'm happy to miss out on because that was the same player for me. So, uh, yeah, I'll pass straight back over to you. Uh, onto your quarterback sleeper. Yeah, so my quarterback late sleeper, this is very late. You'll probably pick him up off waivers or at the end of the fifth or, you know, I, I don't, he might even not get drafted in the NFL. But um, Tyson Bajan, um, small school quarterback. Um, he graduated from Shepherd. Um, I've never, ever heard of Shepherd. So he literally could have been a Shepherd, just rounding up sheep and lulling the ball <laughs> about uh, every now and then. But um Uber productive in college. Um, he threw for nearly 17,000 yards. I mean, granted, it's a Division Two college and the competition is probably not the best, but his productivity in intangibles got him an invite to the Senior Bowl. He's quite highly rated. I think he had offers as well, but he decided to stay where he was. Um, he held up well at the Senior Bowl and um, his combine testing also showed that he's, he's a decent athlete. Late quarterbacks for me are just a dart throw and um, I had Brock Purdy in a few last year before releasing him because he didn't think he'd play a lot and you know, kind of regret that if he gets the uh, 49ers job. But um, yeah, late, late dart throws for quarterbacks. Um, this is my guy uh, late this year. Um, he's not even on sleeper yet, so I can't pick him up. But um, I do monitor sleeper every now and then for the guys eight there, as you know, as we spoke about this week. But um, <laughs> yeah, Tyson Bajan. He's he's, uh, he's my late round quarterback uh, this season. I think we're two of the only people that constantly tag sleeper to add players that don't exist yet. It's uh, it's lovely to be honest. So yeah, I, I don't know anything about him really. I've not really dug in at all. But just in terms of process, pick these lads up in the late fifth, put them on your taxi squad in Superflex. They might turn into something. Who knows? But it's definitely worth a dart throw. So he's um he's just quickly he's um his comparison on player profiler was Taylor Heineke for athleticism. So. Not too bad. And I think if you've picked up Taylor Heineke in the late fifth of his rookie draft and started him for a few years, I think you've done quite well, really. So, yeah, it's uh, don't go in with high expectations, but um, definitely worth a dart throw. Well, um, my quarterback sleeper is uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And I didn't really want to draft a quarterback with a double-barreled name, but um, here we well, are. Especially, so. especially called Dorian. I mean, Dorian was from Birds of a Feather, wasn't she? That's exactly what I'm thinking, little long black-haired ones. So, um yeah, so hopefully it's not a, not a birds of a feather play. But it uh, comes out of UCLA. Um, there was a few players that I considered for this late sleeper. There was a few in this class really that I think are worth a gamble. I looked at Stetson Bennett and Jaron Hall and Malik Cunningham, but I just really enjoyed watching uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR for short. So, I mean, slightly undersized. He's 6'2", but he's only 203 pounds, so a bit slight for a quarterback, but just an excellent athlete. Uh, ran a four, five, six, forty yard and cleared 600 rushing yards in his last couple of seasons at college. And at the combine, there's this new test where they just stand there and throw a, throw the pigskin as hard as they can. So he threw 62 miles an hour at the combine. It's the highest velocity throw since Josh Allen. So uh, Josh Allen was different. They were just reading his um, reading his velocity through his normal drill. So it's slightly different, but it shows he's got a bit of power behind his arm. Really good rusher. I mean, he just jukes defenders all the time, loves a hurdle. So he's just a really fun player to watch. So turned down Alabama, Michigan to go to UCLA. So he's got good pedigree. And I can see someone taking a chance on him as a bit of a developmental player. Um, scheme fit. I mean, I'd love to see the Giants pick him up late on, really, sitting behind Daniel Jones. We signed Jones up to a four-year contract, but actually he's the sort of player that would fit the scheme that Dable's trying to run there. So, yeah, uh, I, I picked him up in the fifth round recently of a rookie rookie draft in Superflex and yeah just sit him on the taxi squad and see how he gets on but that's that's the thing that, that with there being more and more rushing quarterbacks these days he's he's gonna he might find his way into a really good sort of development role behind one of those guys mightn't he that's exactly it so I mean obviously don't know what's going to go on with Lamar but if he was in in Baltimore obviously they've got this tender out on on Tyler Huntley but stick Dorian Thompson Robinson behind Lamar or in Arizona somewhere like that so um yeah, the league's moving towards this, so it makes sense to stash these lads and develop them. So he's a really fun player. Um, put him on the taxi and see. But um, there's, like you said um, earlier, there's quite a few of these late quarterback guys this year. There's quite a few of them that um, that are interesting, and it's worth 
sort of monitoring where they're going to land. There's Aiden, o- Aiden O'Connell as well. Apparently had an amazing um, combine. He threw really well and a lot of scouts went away impressed with him as well. So, yeah, there's quite a few this year. Malik Cunningham's an- another rusher, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, really like Malik Cunningham. Um, really, really like him a lot, but he's just a bit smaller. He's slightly smaller than than Dorian. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jaron Hall and Stetson Bennett, I think they're in their mid-30s, the pair of them. So, um, strange class. But again, if these lads land in the right position, look at a player like Gardner Minshew. He's potentially going to start some games this year in Indianapolis. Been in the league three, four years. There's no reason why some of these lads can't get these sorts of jobs. So, again, fifth round in your Superflex draft, just pick them up. It's definitely worth the value. Yeah, definitely. So um, on to running back. Um, this is a running back that I'm happy to leave uh, the draft with, and it's uh, Zach Charbonnet. Um, I don't know if he's related to David Charbonnet from Baywatch. That was David, wasn't it? David Charbonnet? I think he was, yeah. So, uh, only um, Baywatch mentioned in a, in a Dynasty podcast, but go for it. So, yeah, so he's, he's very well-rounded as a prospect. Um, I think people are getting a little bit bored of him because um, he's just been very good for quite a while. Um, I could see him getting a really good landing spot and um, he's really good in all facets of the game. He's big. He's got great NFL size. He's 6'1". He's 214 pounds and he runs a 4.53. NFL teams are going to love that size. For me, he's a bit like an upgraded Damian Pierce. He can do it all. Um, he catches well as well. He catch, uh, caught quite a lot um, in his last college year. His landing spot could literally shoot him up drafts. But at the minute, he's, he's around the back end of the first and the start of the second. And um, I'm happy to take him there all day long, to be honest. I think he's just a very, very safe prospect. Um, he does everything well, good NFL size. Um, he could have come out last year. And I know that you and I weren't happy with him not coming out last year. But it, it may have actually paid off for him to come out this year. And I think... Um, I think he could go second or third round in the in the actual NFL draft. I think he's just a very, very safe prospect. What do you make of him? Yeah, I mean, he would actually have been my guy until I opened up the show sheet and saw you you picked his name out. So I really, really like him. He bucks the trend of not liking the lads that go back to school because we both really thought he was going to come out last year. So, But as you said, I think it's worked out for the best. He's just a really good, solid three down back. If he gets that right landing spot, he could really jump up. I mean... Obviously, the number one's Bijan. Number two, generally, is Jameer Gibbs. But I did say to you recently, I, I think Charbonnet could be the, the running back two in this class, actually. Yeah, um, I, I probably wouldn't take him over probably wouldn't take him over Gibbs just in terms of value and the perception around Gibbs. But I think Charbonnet's probably a more complete back. So really more than happy to leave drafts with Charbonnet. I think I got him at 109 in a recent rookie draft, and I was really yeah, pleased with that nice. value. So, so yeah, um, really I've got a question for you. So currently, like you said, Gibson, Charbonnet, maybe two and three for the running backs, but would you really want to take them in the top five or six or seven if, like, um, Bijan's gone and you need a running back? Because I don't think I would. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, really. I mean, I don't... There's that dead spot in the first round, isn't there, that you just don't want to be picking in. I think if you're around the, the 107 mark, you're a bit stuck. Uh, there's a couple of receivers that I don't really like either. So Charbonnet might do. I'm just not sure. The issue, I suppose, really, what are you going to do? Trade back? Who are you going to pick up at running back then? Yeah, I mean, there's some good running backs, I guess, in the, in the early to mid-seconds. And, you know, we might hit across uh, some of those uh, with your next take, actually. Yeah, well, I think based on who I like, it could could be a good solution. So my guy uh, running back, I've mentioned him on this pod before, actually. It's Roshan Johnson. Um, do, do I even really need to go into too much detail? I think we've covered it before, but... Um, I've had three rookie drafts so far and I've picked him up in two. And I uh, don't know if you know any idea who took him in the other one, though. Um, I believe that I may have sniped you with him. You absolutely did snipe snipe me before him. So, I mean, he's obviously been stuck in the shadows of Bijan Robinson in, in Texas. But I think if he was at any other program, we'd be talking about him really differently. Um, he's just got excellent size, uh, six foot, 220 pounds, excellent in pass protection, Play special teams. He can catch out the backfield. Former quarterback, just a really intelligent football player. And I think in this size, it's really deep at running back. And we've got loads of guys we're going to talk about today. But I think there's lots of undersized lads as well. And the the these bigger backs that could be a three down workhorse, they're not as common. Um, so I really like him. Um, probably going a bit too far, really. But I think if he lands in the right situation, the sky really could be the limit. And you know, if, if he does stay in Texas and lands in in Dallas with the Cowboys or somewhere like that, I think, you know, the value is just going to shoot through the roof. So I've been picking him up, got him in the mid-second and late-second so far, but 
again, we'll come up towards the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being early second, possibly late first by the time the uh, rookie drafts come around. Yeah, I could definitely see him rising up. I think he's going to get a decent landing spot in the NFL draft as well. Um, similar to Charbonnet in that he's just big and very good at everything. I also like the fact that he's a, a former quarterback as well. It suggests that he's reads the game well and things like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like Roshan Johnson as well, which is why I was happy to snipe him for you in that one league. Yeah, thank you, mate. Well, um, on to that, I think I'm with you on this one, but I'll let you take it away. Running back, you're happy to miss. Yeah, so running back, I'm, I'm happy to miss out on um, Devon A. Chang. Um, for me, this is purely based on the history of the NFL. Um, historically, a player of his size has no long-term success in the NFL. Um, he's fast. He can catch, but for me, I'm happy to let other people draft him, expecting an outlier to history. He's 5'2 and 188 pounds. Um, <laughs> he, he, run, he run a 4'3'2'40, uh, which is blistering speed. But um, he, also, he also used to be a track athlete. I'm just not sure that um, 188 pounds can stand up to the rigours of playing running back in the NFL. And um, historically, that has proven to be the case. So... As fast as he is um, at that size, I'm, I'm happy to, to leave him out. Yeah, I mean, are we just glossing over the fact that you've just left him as 5'2"? Is that, is that genuine? Yeah, no, I, I, I made that <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> I, just want, I just wanted to show how small he really was, but um, he's, he's about 5'6", five, 5'7", five, but I was just wanted to take liberties. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. I think especially where people are talking about him, we're talking about him in the late first round and I've got absolutely no interest in picking him up in with a first round pick. I've been burned too many times by running backs late in the first. I'm not doing it again. Not on an outlier. So I'm completely with you. So he's officially 5'9", but I just I just wanted to make out that he was a midget. Yeah, I mean, doesn't sound too good for me, 5'8", but uh, yeah, good. Yeah, what did you run at five eight? You run a, a three seven eight, didn't you, or something? Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a three seven eight. So uh, yeah. yeah, not not too bad, but about two hundred and forty pounds. So um, yeah, it's a straight BMI. <laughs> so um, next up, your uh, your running back, you're happy to miss out on. He's got a great name. Yeah, and that's about where it ends, I think. So this is Sean Tucker. Mm. Um, so other than having an exceptional name, I don't understand what's going on with this lad. So he's got loads of red flags, and I'm just completely out. He didn't run at the combine, which annoys me as well. Didn't run at the, his college pro day because of a medical exemption, but he conveniently was fit for his own stupid little pro day. Um, no idea what had gone on there. It just seems a bit bit fishy that he's so unwell that he can't run, but when he's on his little Nokia Motorola phone filming it with his mates, he, he runs all these stupid numbers. So I think he ran. A, he said he ran a 3.62 and a 52-inch vert and a 58-inch or 58-inch feet broad jump. I mean, a load of nonsense, really. Um, doesn't make any sense. Decent production in college, capable receiver at the backfield, but I just don't like any of these nonsense red flags around his numbers. I don't know what he's trying to hide. If he's genuinely got a medical issue, then I'll hold my hands up, but it just seems a bit suspicious for me. So I've got no interest at all. I think he's going in the second round. I'll just gloss over and pick someone else up. But any any views on Sean Tucker? You you hate those guys that don't do the workouts and, and the combine, don't you? you? You've got no time for it. Oh, it drives me mad. Though. I mean, a couple of guys, I think, if they've got a genuine injury coming off an ACL, I can get by it. But you just choosing to not run, I just find it mad. It's, uh, it doesn't make any sense, especially then if you're going to do your own little pro day. Did you see any of that video? Yeah, that video was incredible because the editing on it was really crap as well. And um, yeah, he's got his mate with his uh, PowerPoint, hasn't he, to, to knock that up. But um Power the, uh, yeah. the pro day made out like he was basically Superman, didn't it? Yeah, I mean he had like a ninety nine percent all in everything, and it's just if he'd done that at the combine, brilliant. But the whole point of the combine is that everyone's subject to the same conditions. Everyone's up doing interviews late. Nobody's getting sleep. They're in I don't know, presumably some sort of dorms or hotels or barracks, whatever they're doing, and all in the same stadium, all on the same grass, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, as you said, it was some bloke on a PowerPoint and the funniest <laughs> one after the 40, you, you see his friend ran with the camera and just left the camera recording <laughs> and uploaded that. So you saw like the side of his leg and it's just an absolute fucking mess. So yeah, I'm completely out. No interest whatsoever at all saying that he's probably going to absolutely go off now, but um, yeah, I can't stand him. By the way, you, you suggest in barracks uh, in Indianapolis. I, I want to see some of that, to be honest. I'm just imagining it like a private pile in the barracks before his combine testing. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, on to you for one of your mates, Late Sleeper. Yeah, so I've spoken a little bit about him before. Um, massive fan of him. Um, he's probably going to do nothing. But uh, my running back late sleeper is Evan Hull. Um, he's my sleeper running back this year. Um, ideal size for the NFL. He's 5'10", 209 pounds. Very, very well built. I don't know if you've seen him, but he's, uh, he's, he's built. He's got massive arms as well. He ran a 4.4740 at the NFL Combine. So he's quick as well as big. Um, very willing pass blocker. Um, there was um, comments coming out of the senior bowl that his pass blocking was very good. He also catches really well. He's had nearly uh, a thousand receiving yards in the last two college years. So he's got a free down skill set. He's big and he's quick. And if you want to gamble on anyone late in your draft, then gamble on a guy that's got um, a free down skill set because those are the guys the NFL love. Um, He's currently going very low in rookie current rookie drafts. I know you did one the other day that I wasn't in, and I kept saying to you, when are you picking up Evan Hull? When are you picking up Evan Hull? And you did in the end, didn't you? But he's, he's going late. But um, for me, I'm, I'm taking him late wherever I can at the minute. Yeah, I, mean, I picked him up in the late fourth, I think. So completely agree. He's, he's got all the size and, and metrics that you want to see from a running back. And when you get late in these drafts, it's all about just chasing the profile. And yeah, completely agree with you. If you can pick him up late on, he might rise. I think the NFL will love him a bit more than fantasy Twitter does at the moment. But yeah, really nice, um, nice pick up late there. Well, on to um, my next one, really. So my late sleeper, it's a, a tie on Evans. I don't even know if it's tie on or tee on. Um, but this is a young lad out of Louisville. So former Juco lad, spent some time at Tennessee and transferred over to Louisville. So he's come out as a junior although he's obviously been through Juco, just really good size athlete. So 5'10", 225 pounds running back, run a 4'5", 240. So um, his production has been a bit limited, to be honest with you, but I just really like his fundamentals and measurables. Really good tape, um, really good size, great burst, really good acceleration. He's sort of a you know one cut and go. Uh, I picked him up in the late fifth of a rookie draft. Um, no one's picking him up at all. He's, he's going undrafted or in the fifth round. And He's just somebody that I think uh, could be this year's Pacheco and we were quite wrong on him last year and I just don't want to miss out this year. So I think similar to what you said about Evan Hull, if you can get good size, speed, specimen at running back late on in your rookie drafts, take the gamble. If they don't pan out, you can always just cut them if you need to, but it's uh, chase the profile. I really like him. Have you seen any of him? He's quite a deep lad. Um, I've had a few analysts on my timeline on Twitter mention him as a, as a guy they're looking at. So yeah, I completely understand it. And when I've, when they've mentioned him, I've looked at his profile and um, I've looked at a bit of his tape on YouTube as well. So yeah, I don't mind him either. But like you said, neither of us were in on Pacheco last year, mainly because we were Clyde Edwards Hilaire fans, but that's kind of blown up in our face a bit, hasn't it? So um, yeah, you can't go wrong with gambling on guys like this. Yeah. Well, over to you, Matt. I think this is your your moment here, so take it away. So, yeah, this is a, a wide receiver that I'm happy to leave with. Again, I'm, I'm not really um, I'm not really going outside the zone here, but um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I've been going on about him for about a year, or since I first saw him for Ohio State um, a couple of years ago, when Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were there. Um, he was out producing both of them at the time. And um, there's been a sit-down interview with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and um, JSN. And Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave sit there and tell you that JSN is the best of them. So um, he's an amazing route runner, um, has high-end agility scores from the combine, and on his pro day he ran a 4-5-1. So that's plenty quick enough for me. He's just got elite football skills. Um, you watch his release off the line. It's it's, it's really good. Um, his footwork is excellent. Um, just really good route runner. Um, it's suggested that he might come into the NFL and play solely in the slot. And um, I'm completely fine with that if he does. They said the same thing about Justin Jefferson, but he, he, he's shown that he can play outside. And, and I've read today, some people say that they might even use um, Jackson Smith and Jigba on the outside as well. But for me, you just watch him, and again, similar to Bryce Young, he's just got that X factor when you watch him. Um, I don't know how much you've seen of him, but are you a fan? Yeah, I mean, not much to really add, to be honest. He's by far the wide receiver one here, and I think people almost use 
play out the slot as a, as a bit of a diss and to knock players down. But I think look at the players that do it. I mean, Cooper Cup and CD Lamb plays his best football out the slot. And if he does, not a problem at all. But I think I agree with you. He can play on the outside and just can be an absolute weapon. Four five four five one doesn't really blow your socks off, but he's plenty quick enough for a wide receiver. So, yeah, um, thanks for that, Carl Yates. That's a lovely take. I've seen, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, he's, he's just going to play in the slot and he's just going to be another Amon Rasant Brown. Oh, okay, then I'll, I'll take that then. Oh, that's terrible. Amon Rasant Brown, what did he finish as the wide receiver eight last year or whatever it was? So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take him everywhere. So, Yeah, agreed. Well, um, on to my wide receiver that I'm happy to leave with. It's um, Mr. Zay Flowers. So I really like this lad. I think I mentioned to you a couple of months ago when I started watching tape. Just really jumped out at me, really liked him from the off. And he's he's my wide receiver too, behind um, Jackson Smith or Jigba. Really like him. And he's probably going as the wide receiver four to five, I think. A couple of lads are going ahead of him. He's not coming out of a huge school. He's coming out of Boston College. And I read that he's the first wide receiver that's likely to be drafted there in 35 years, which didn't sound right. But uh, I trust the internet on that one. Um, excellent route runner, uh, can play inside and outside. Ran a four four two, so decent speed as well. I mean, he's not the tallest. He's at 5'9", um, taller than me, but he's, he's solid. He's 182 pounds. So um, a lot of people talk about him, compare him to Antonio Brown. He's probably a bit a bit lofty, one of the greatest wide receivers, albeit a maniac, to play the game. Um, but when you do watch the tape, you can see it. Just got these really similar traits and just a fantastic receiver. So He's feisty um, as well, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he really is. He's got a bit of a weird haircut that annoys me. But um, yeah, elite name, feisty, good attitude. And uh, I'd take him over a couple of lads that are going before him. So I think we mentioned earlier about the mid first or mid to late first being a bit of a dead zone. I'm happy to move back and pick up Zay Flowers, usually going in the early second at the moment. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the first round of the NFL draft and that could change where he goes in your rookie drafts. But I want him everywhere. Love him. Yeah, I like him as well. I mean, when we did that um, pre-combine rookie draft, you and I were talking as the draft was going on and we were saying, like, who are the guys? I think you said to me, who are you targeting in the second round? And Or I said it to you and you said to me, oh, I'm looking at Zay Flowers and Malik Hooker. And I was like, brilliant. The two that I had next up really on my list. So we kind of generally end up liking the same players. So, um, yeah, I like Zay Flowers as well. Um, it's him and Josh Downs, isn't it, really, for around that where they're going at the minute? That's the exact two. They're the two that I'm happy to, to choose over the two that are going before them. So that's the uh, the sweet spot, that early second, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So um, next up, um, the wide receiver I'm happy to miss out on um, is Quentin Johnston. So I will preface this by saying that I think he has every chance of going high in the actual NFL draft because he's a bigger bodied receiver in a class of mainly small prospects. He's also very fast for his size. Um, I'm just not a massive fan of his skills as a wide receiver. And for me, he's a bigger gamble than probably suggests. But he can have drop issues. His, his uh, root tree is limited. He's not great with contested catches. Um, he's not very smooth in his running either. But um, he's going to go high in the NFL draft, I think, just because of his body type. Um, he likely goes anywhere up to pick 108 in your rookie drafts, anywhere before there, or anywhere up to 108. And for me, it's just a little too rich for, for the gamble that he could be. Um, comes from the Big 12 where the competition isn't the best and it's historically not been a conference that has transmitted NFL-ready players as well. We had uh, Josh Doxon years ago, uh, Jalen Rager out of there as well and, and you know those players don't always transmit well. Um, he's fast and... You know, I've seen comparisons to maybe DK Metcalf, but DK Metcalf was built like an absolute tank. And I know in his early Seattle days, he was just running slants and goes. And that might be what teams do with Quinton Johnston. So I do think he'll go high and, and this might come back to bite me, but I'm just not ready to take him anywhere up to 108 currently in any draft at the moment. What do you think of him? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, uh, as is often the case, unfortunately. So um, it's just where he's going. I'm not willing to pick him up at 107, 108 in my rookie draft. I just don't want to pull the trigger that soon. It's a bit rich. I think you're right, though. I think his body type is a bit rare in this class. It's a lot of undersized receivers. So he will definitely get good real NFL draft capital, and that will follow through in your rookie drafts. But like we just said a minute ago, I'm happy to move back a little bit and, and take – you know, a couple of players in Josh Downs or Zay Flowers that I prefer, to be honest. And I don't trust TCU. I think I was burned by Jay, uh, Jalen Rager, and I know you were as well. So it's uh, 
judging the helmet a little bit here, but I'm not in on him at all. Yeah, well, one of my worst ever fantasy trades was uh, involving Jalen Rager. So uh, don't I remember? I remember. <laughs> absolutely disgusting, especially to who it went to as well. What was it, Justin Jefferson in a, an early second for Rager, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was it was before they'd even uh, played a snap in the NFL, and they went one after the other in the draft. So my thinking at the time was, what could go wrong? But uh, everything did. So, um, <laughs> but you know what, as a process, I, I like lesson. that though. Yeah, it did yeah. teach me a lesson not to kind of trade these guys before they've played a snap in the NFL and, and kind of see what you've got because, yeah, I lost Justin Jefferson for a second and Jalen Rager. But yeah, as you say at the time, the process might have been good, but it, it turned out dreadful. Yeah, well, um, on to my wide receiver, I'm happy to miss. And it's pretty much the same story as you and Quentin Johnson, but just for different reasons. It's Jordan Allison. Um, young coming out of USC and similar to what you said on, on QJ I just think Addison will probably be really good but it's all about value for me he's going around a similar t- position to Quentin Johnson he's going in your mid first around that 107 108 usually just behind Quentin Johnson and I just don't really want to pay that price I've got concerns over the size at 173 when you look at him play he looks uh, he looks slim and he looks skinny I think Devonta Smith a couple of years ago obviously was really skinny. I think he weighed slightly less, but he was taller, so he carried it slightly better. And I don't know. It's um, if the athletic numbers stacked up, I, I wouldn't mind. But when he's one seven three pounds and he's running the four four nine, it's it's not standing out. I read that I think he's one of the worst athletes across the board in terms of the metrics post combine, and it's um, it comes out with the usual stuff, doesn't he? I think he said today I'm the best wide receiver in this whole draft and that sort of carry on, but I'm not having it. It's all definitely not with a mid first round rookie pick move back, pick up downs or flowers a bit later. So, um, yeah, watch, uh, Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison finishes wide receiver one and two now. Yeah. I mean, this podcast could come back and bite us when, when those two guys go off next year, but, um, I'm happy to put it out there. I'm happy to put it out there though. So, yeah. <coughs> next up for me, uh, my wide receiver, late sleeper. So, um, Jaden Reed, so one of my sleepers, uh, wide receivers this year, uh, similar to Evan Hull, someone I've taken in every rookie draft that I've had so far. He's 5'11 and 187, so he's a little bit taller um, than a lot of the guys that are coming out. Um, he ran a 4'45 40 at the, uh, at the combine, so he's um, he's fairly shifty as well. He's, he's a name that kept popping up at the senior bowl from a lot of the guys there. And, and when these names pop up, I tend to go and research and then watch a, a bit of their tape as well. Very, very smooth in his um, routes. Um, very quick on the field, ultra competitive, and he's got great hands as well. He plays special teams, which will get him on the field at the NFL level. Uh, he had a really low ADP prior to this week, but this week he has shot up the boards. He um, he was going like fourth, fifth, and sometimes undrafted in some um, drafts, but now he's up into the second. So I don't know what's changed that ADP on Sleeper, but he has shot up this this week. And um, yeah, for me, he, he's a guy that I'm happy to take a gamble on. He's been comped to, um, again, very lofty and unlikely, but he's been comped to Antonio Brown with um, with his play and his, his special teams play as well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to gamble on him and um, and see where it goes because I, I got him really cheap in both rookie drafts. I think in the fourth uh, in both. So yeah, one I want to keep my eye on and see how it pans out. Yeah, this is a guy that you um, every bit of news you see on him, you send it to me, and I just reply rubbish. And uh, I actually quite like him. <laughs> it's just to wind you up, but yeah, I don't know what's caused that ADP to rise the last week or so, but I have seen it creeping up, and um, I just hope it doesn't go to the point that he's not a value because I completely agree. Happy to take the gamble on that profile. So really nice. Um, on to my guy. It's uh, I feel like I'm just repeating myself every week, but it's uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, the wide receiver, late sleeper. Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. Obviously, I'm a West Virginia alumni. Uh, really like him. Mentioned him two months ago and you laughed at me and he then went to the combine and just blew the doors off the place. So um, I thought about choosing someone else, but I just had to stay true to my boy. So uh, it's just a bit of a freak. 6'4", 221 pounds, ran a 4.3840, pretty much 100 or 99% of speed and catch radius scores, 96% of burst. I mean, he's definitely got some issues as, as you've, going to have with these late guys and he's got issues with separation uh, a bit of a limited route tree and he's been 
a five-year player, so you'd like to think he would have figured some of this stuff out. But he's just a physical freak and he's a contested catch guy. I don't think you're going to get much separation from him. And if he gets paired up with the right QB, you can just make him play open. I think he could be a huge weapon. So I'll still keep sweeping him up everywhere. I think we draft with a lot of the same guys. We're in a few leagues and people have started sniping me on him now. So a bit disappointing. But it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up at the Packers or somewhere like that. He's Packers type receiver. Um, I'll be picking him up and I'll stay true and probably cut him in a year's time like I do with all the West Virginia lads. But fingers crossed for him. There's been a lot of talk that the uh, the Broncos are in on him and they're looking at him. And um, I've seen a lot of people say, keep an eye on Bryce Ford Wheaton for the Broncos. So that would similar be a sort of profile man, to, Yeah, similar profile to Cortland Sutton. There's a lot of talk about whether they're going to move him or not. It'd be interesting. It's a nice landing spot. Yeah, definitely. So on to the uh, onto the tight ends. So a tight end I'm happy to leave with this year, um, Dalton Kincaid. So this is more to do with his ADP right now as well. He's going mid to late seconds in a lot of drafts, and I'm I'm delighted to take him there if I can. He may get drafted high um, in the actual NFL, um, or he may get he may go low as there's quite a lot of tight ends in this class, and the class is quite deep. So why would teams take them early when they can get a decent guy late? Um, uh, the the other guys this year may may or may go ahead of him as well. Um, so if Kincaid stays late second or early third, then I'm happy to scoop him up everywhere. It just depends, I guess, where he goes in the real NFL draft as to where he falls to in in our sleeper rookie drafts. He's more of a flex tight end, so he's an excellent pass catcher. He runs good routes. Uh, he's an excellent mismatch as well. He didn't test at the combine. He's had a he's had a lingering back injuries, but he's very shifty for his size. And um, I much prefer the move flex tight ends as well because because of the pass catching. He's blocking his um, his adequate, but he probably needs some work there. But um, teams are going to immediately use him in in, in the pass game. And um, if he stays where he is, the mid to late seconds, I'm I'm happy picking him up there wherever I can. Jim, what do you make of him? Yeah, completely with you. I really like him, and he's been being mocked quite high. I mean, I think that the draft price is definitely rising. So. Uh, I'm the same as you, really like these move tight ends and uh, production doesn't concern me as much. But yeah, we'll see. It's um, it's either him or Mayer, isn't it? I think it's going to go early, but I'd much rather take whoever goes last, just get a bit more value. So yeah, second or third, more than happy to pick him up. Really like him. He's uh, he's Daniel Jeremiah's tight end one of the class at the minute. Is he really? Yeah. Where, where, can you, where do you think would be a good landing spot? Where would you like to see him? Well, we always talk about tight ends and, and the Chargers, don't we, every time. But um, Chargers, Bengals, I know Irv Smith's gone there, but just those pass-heavy uh, teams, Bills maybe. I know that um, they've got Dalton Knox there already, but just those pass-heavy teams as well is, is where you want to see them, isn't it? What about you? Where do you think? Yeah, I mean, the same as you. I think Bengals would have been the ideal landing spot, and obviously with Irv Smith there. But like we said, he's, I think Irv Smith was getting $1.5 million on a one-year deal, so it doesn't stop the Bengals from picking up someone. Probably kill our Irv Smith shares a little bit, but um, obviously it takes rookies a, a bit of time anyway, so it probably wouldn't be the worst thing. Bengals would be lovely, but Chargers definitely the one. We keep coming back to that, and uh, that would be a nice, nice landing spot for any of these lads. Yep, so who's your, who's your tight end you're happy to leave with then? So tight end I'm happy to leave with is Luke Musgrave. And it's a similar story to you and, and Dalton Kincaid, really. It's all about value. And the tight end class is so deep that I'm happy just to move back and take another really good player like Musgrave. So really good size, 6'6 six, six and 256 pounds. And he's he scored really well on the relative athletic scores, which is a really good indicator of tight end um, productivity. So he scored a 9.89, nine, just a really good athlete. The only issue with Luke Musgrave just got very limited production, didn't play many games over his entire college career. I think he only played two games in his final year because he had a really serious knee injury, but the traits are definitely there. Um, don't know if you've had a chance to watch any of his tape, but he's just a really aggressive route runner, excellent soft hands, and he plays like just a big wide receiver, exactly like that we like, those move tight ends. So obviously it's a big gamble because he's not really had the production, but uh, if he's going in the sort of third round, it tends to be what I've seen so far. I'm more than happy to pick him up. He's just a really smooth runner. Really like watching him play. So again, typical uh, same landing spots for all these guys. If he lands in Cincinnati or lands with the Chargers, even the Rams, somewhere like that, uh, gets an opportunity. I'm really happy to to pick him up there. Have you seen any of Musgrave? Yeah, yeah I really, really like Luke Musgrave. Similar to you, he, he's very smooth with his running and his routes. But um, 
he was nearly my guy that I was happy to leave with. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Luke Musgrave. So, yeah, I, I'm totally in on this one with you. Good man. Well, over to you for your tight end you're happy to miss. So, yeah, my tight end that I'm happy to miss, um, again, it's purely down to value. Mac, uh, Michael Meyer, Michael Mayer, um, very solid all-round tight end. Um, he's good at every facet. I, I, one analyst I listened to the other day, he said he's good at everything, but not great at everything. It kind of kind of sums him up. Not great at one thing, but just a, a really good all-rounder at the position for the skills for tight end. For me right now, his ADP is vastly inflated in regards to where I'd want to take him. Um, I prefer the pass, the pure pass-catching tight ends in in lads like Kincaid and Musgrave much better later on in rookie drafts. I just don't see the value in taking someone like Michael Meyer like late end of the first or start of the second compared to how strong the tight end class looks. I mean, why would you take him there when you can get Kincaid, Musgrave and, and some other guys that we might talk about later on, much later on? Just The value is not there for Michael Meyer. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I obviously like him. He's a good all-rounder, but I've just seen him go at 111 in a non-Titan premium rookie draft, and that's just a bit too rich for me at that sort of level. So I think the production-wise, is you're better off just moving back and picking up one of these other lads. It's not that he's not good. He is. Um, although I, I think seeing him push that sled didn't impress me too much. I'm quite a, quite a fan of that drill. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, not really picking him up, which... Uh, brings me on to my tight end I'm happy to miss it's the same guy so it's Michael Meyer and actually I did tag in Dalton Kincaid into this and it, again it's nothing to do with me not liking Dalton Kincaid but I've seen a few mocks where he's going ahead of Meyer and I think if he starts going ahead of Meyer in NFL mocks and goes ahead of him in the real draft he'll likely go ahead of him in your rookie draft and if he starts etching into the first round that's when I'm going to be out so I think on tight end it's just a question of where they're going to go. Are you going to get value? As soon as it starts getting into the first round, I'm happy just to move back, even in tight end premium leagues, because I think you're still going to get really good players in the second and third round. So, um, yeah, and I mentioned before, a few of the landing spots that I like, Cowboys, Chargers, Bengals, any of these lads go there, they're going to, going to boom up, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the problem with tight end is that you hate all of them, though, don't you? Oh, yeah, that's, that is the problem. I don't like any tight ends. So um, there's Kelsey and, and that's it for me. So, um, yeah, I'm probably not the best person to ask. <laughs> so um, my uh, onto my tight end late sleeper. So it's uh, Sam Laporta. Uh, I've mentioned uh, Sam Laporta previously. Um, he's from the famous Iowa tight end production line. Um, we've had George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fan out of there. Fairly renowned um, tight end factory. But... Um, Another flex move, tight end, uh, more of a pass catcher than a blocker. Uh, he's a very willing blocker, but he needs uh, needs some improvement there. Excellent hands, and his, compi- his combine testing was also very good. He ran a four five nine forty, so that's better than some wide receivers and some running backs. So very good for his size. Fairly smooth in his routes, and he's uh, good in zone coverage as well. He's, he always tends to find the soft spots very well. He's going very, very late in drafts right now. I'm, I'm seeing rounds four and five. And for me, that, that is tremendous value for what he could be. So you want to gamble on the um, the tight ends and the wide receivers with the athleticism uh, later on in your drafts, just because those guys could always hit better than the other guys. Um, yeah, I, I picked him up, I think, in a league in the fifth recently. And um, you told me afterwards I'd sniped you. So um, another one that I'm really happy about. Yeah, I mean, I'm completely with you on Sam Laporte. He, in fact, would have been my tight end late sleeper. Really, really like him. There's just something about that Iowa uniform, I think, as well. Just uh, really carries it well. Definitely needs to improve in his blocking, um, but really good size, really good receiver. So, yeah, a constant theme through this is that the tight end class is so deep that happy to move back and pick up some of these guys. And particularly in your tight end premium leagues, you know, pick him up, stash him away, and who knows what's going to happen. So, yeah, really big fan of Sam Laporte, and you uh, sniped him from me on the show sheet. So good pick. So um, we've not got this guy listed down, but I just wanted to touch on him a little bit. What do you What do you make of Darnell Washington? Well, I mean, we spoke about him a few weeks ago, and he he was going to be one of my picks on this on this show sheet, but he's not quite a sleeper anymore. I think he's definitely risen up, but he's just a bit of a freak, isn't he? Just an absolute weapon, and we spoke about him pushing that sled and just throwing it. A, you know, 15, 20 feet around. So, um, yeah, I mean, not much production said before, obviously sat behind a really good prospect down there, but, um, yeah, I really like him. What are your thoughts? 
So my fear with him is that he's so good with the blocking and and, and the run blocking that he's, he he might just end up as another O lineman. Like uh, they play him on lots of blocking schemes and don't really use him much in the pass catching, which I think would be a waste because he's an absolute mismatch, isn't he? Six seven and can run the way he can run, and he's massive. So. Yeah, I just worry that he'll be used primarily as a blocker. And we've seen with George Kittle how badly that can go sometimes. So, yeah, that that would be the only thing holding me back on him. Yeah, I mean, I think it, Titans take a while to develop anyway. So I think he might end up blocking a bit in his rookie season. But as long as he's on the field, I think he will have, you know, snaps where he does run routes and hopefully uh, doesn't get stuck in the line all the time. There have been a few fantasy analysts that have been talking about he could eventually move in and, and be an actual offensive lineman, but I think that'd just be an absolute waste, wouldn't it, as a mismatched tight end all over the field? Yeah, I don't I don't like that at all. But um, on to the, um, your tight end late sleeper. This one's um, this one's got me a bit worried with your uh, funny name pronunciation, so let's make sure that you, uh, <laughs> let's make sure that you get it right. Yeah, well, do you know what? I was going to uh, pronounce it as, as we want to pronounce it, but I don't want to get the pod flagged. So this is uh, my tight end late sleeper, Zach Kuntz, I think is the uh, the pronunciation. But Yeah, that's what we'll K-U-N- go with. Yeah, yeah we'll go with Kuntz because uh, I don't want to get flagged up here, but make your own assumptions. Um, I mean, this is a, a weird prospect, really, and I think this is going to be a, a late guy that you just take a gamble on the profile. But uh, he's coming out of Old Dominion, so a bit of a, a small school, but he initially uh, chose Penn State and he was touted for, by Alabama, Michigan, Ohio. So coming out of high school, really good pedigree and was quite well sought after. It didn't quite work at Penn State and he ends up at Old Dominion, which sounds like a whiskey brand or something. So a <laughs> bit of a strange school, but um, he's a, just another freak, really. There's a lot of them in this class at tight end, but he's, I've seen a lot of measurements that he's 6'7". Some people say he's 6'8", but he's you know, very tall guy, 255 pounds. And he's the number one athletic tight end of all time on player profile. So he's got a perfect 10 on the, on the RAS as well. So he's just a bit of a freak comparable to Gasicki. So in the upper percentiles for pretty much everything, really good route run, really good soft hands, but that sort of size is going to be a really good red zone threat, obviously. But I don't know if you've actually watched any of his tape. It's almost a bit uncomfortable to watch because he's six eight and he's two five five, but he doesn't carry it that well. He looks lanky, he looks a bit awkward. So I think he might need to pack on a bit of bit of weight at the next level. Um, it's missed a load of games, which again comes back to concerns about his weight. Is he durable at the next level? Um, he's going in the fifth round of rookie drafts at the moment. I picked him up, I think five ten recently. Um, just a gamble on a really good profile, but could be absolutely nothing. But just looking at him, he's just a bit of a bit of a freak, to be honest. Have you seen him at all? Do you know what? Um, I didn't really. I've not really seen him. I, I saw some of the tight ends at the combine, but I missed his workout. I just saw the results after and some of the clips of it on on Twitter. And yeah, I mean, the testing was off the charts, wasn't it? But I've not even seen much of his tape either. So he's one I definitely need to get in and have a look at. If, Especially as you're saying that he looks really lanky and awkward, it might be a bit of a laugh. So, um, yeah, I've not seen a lot of him, to be honest. And as I'm quite a nerd, I'm surprised I've not. But, yeah, I'll, I'll try and fix that, uh, In in especially as now you've renounced him as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's definitely worth having a look at. And it, I think if you have to sort of project what he could be rather than what he is at the moment, but he's, he's awkward to watch. You see him sort of go for these fadeaway catches in the end zone. He's just really awkward. He looks like a massive tree just falling down. So um, yeah, he doesn't carry that. He doesn't look like Dino Washington, put it that way. I mean, they're <laughs> similar weight, similar height, but one carries it really well, the other doesn't. So, But the measurables are ridiculous. And you know, it, late in the fifth, you're pretty much wasting a pick regardless. So chase someone with a good profile, as we said before, might work out. But um, yeah, interesting profile. Might be absolutely nothing, but a really cool name, Zach Koontz. Yeah, I'll make sure that we um, we keep that edit in as well. So um, I think we're um, I think we've pretty much covered the uh, the rookies this week. Um, anyone that you want to speak about or talk about that we've not uh, we've not listed at all? Any any position like one guy maybe? Uh, not for me, really. I know there's a bit a lot of time to come, so I'm sure we'll we'll trawl through a lot of the lads that we haven't spoken about over the next few weeks. But nothing else from me. Anything from you? No, so we might try and uh, maybe get a mock in uh, in the coming weeks or um, see some more pro days and talk about some more guys. But it's going to be very, 
I guess rookie focused on the uh, the upcoming weeks. But um, I think yeah, that for this week uh, is that us, 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 yeah, that's us pretty much covered this week. So um, yeah, please don't forget to rate and review the uh, the podcast on Apple Podcast. Um, podcast is available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and iHeartRadio. Uh, we are available on Twitter at AdjustRanks. Um, we'll be back next week. Until then, my office is always fully open. And league winners are always available at my facility. Till next week.